Hello, everyone, and welcome to Weekly Manga Recaps Q&A episode for February of 2018. I am Nick here with Chris, and we are going to answer your questions. I'm not answering anything this week. Okay, yep. then uh, it's going to be a short episode. I'm going to stonewall every possible question people want. They're going to be like, hey, what's your favorite movie? I'm like, who the fuck wants to know, huh? Who are you to ask, huh? I don't need to tell you nothing. Yeah. I want a lawyer. Who wants to know, huh? That's what I'm asking. They're like, my name's Jeff. I'm like, well, fuck you, Jeff. I ain't telling you nothing. <laughs> Why don't you go ask your other Jeffs what their favorite movie is? Probably uh, the, the Magnificent Jeff. I couldn't think of an actor whose name starts with... <laughs> you like Jeffrey Daniels, so you're a huge fan of the Newsroom and the, the first Dumb and Dumber movie. Why don't you, uh, you ask those guys? You, of all the Jeff actors you could think of. He's <laughs> <laughs> the first one that came to mind. Who else is there? Jeff Goldblum, Jeff oh, Rich. Oh, Jeff no, Goldblum. No. Jeff. Yeah, no, Jeff Daniel is the weird one to go out for first. Oh, no. Gosh, no. <laughs> that, he doesn't count. That's a different Jeff. That's it's like that's like Jeff Jeffrey it. the giraffe. It's a it's a different Jeff altogether. <laughs> First G Jeff you think of? Yes, it is. Because as a kid, I was like, why is Jeffrey the giraffe's name spelled wrong? Oh, because the giraffe's his soft G. Oh. Yeah, that's how it works. Hey, Nick, this is a Q and A episode, so there's it questions is. and there's answers, like uh. the answers our audience members gave us to last month's question that we posed, which was, with the new year, 2018, already strong into it, what were you guys looking for for series that have either changed your perception or looking for you to change in 2018? What what manga perspectives have been changed or do you want to see change? We got a lot of interesting ones for this. Eltherian says, this year I plan to finish up my read-through of every Shonen Jump series published in English. So after that, I'm excited to see what non-Jump manga has to offer. Crutchroll has several titles look interesting, and in particular, Space Brothers has caught my eye. Mm. So that's a good idea. Checking out some stuff that's not just the Jump series. Manga is not just Jump. It's a very good point. Yes, yes. Uh, Andrew McKinney says, in 2018, I'd like to learn uh, read more shoujo and jose manga, especially the non-romance books. Missing <laughs> out on manga directed at half the population seems like a teensy bit of a gap in my experience as a reader. Yeah, sure. Expand your horizons. Absolutely. Uh, Lou Mamayashi says, my interest in manga are pretty bad, but there's one genre I really haven't dabbled in yet. Boys love. So, going to check out more Boys Love series? Absolutely, I think, a great way to go about it. There's a whole genre out there, and there's good and bad, I'm sure, in spades. We read... What, what did we read? Today, Love Starts? Was that the one we read? No, that wasn't it. It was uh, his favorite. His favorite, that's it. Now, Today, Love Starts was the awful uh, straight uh, mm. romance with the guy who basically abused the girl. Yeah. And uh, the last one we have here is from the great Rhapsode says, uh, this is one that changed his perception of it. I find that fairy tale actually made me very analytical and more critical of the manga. I, uh, I wouldn't read or watch them that I didn't like, and stuff like One Piece, Naruto, and Bleach, I just kind of consumed it blindly and accepted it because they were, quote-unquote, the big three. Uh, but then there was fairy tale, and I saw tons of art and lists that put it on the same footing as the big three, and I started consuming it. But due to my growing interest is uh, growing interest in reviewers such as Techie 101 and U2, being the first real fan I've ever got in on, I began to formulate thoughts and opinions that broke down and really got me to think for myself. Uh, he also goes on to say, I will admit Black Clover has changed the way I see powers of Battle Showman, namely when they are just too arbitrary. So it's uh, interesting to note that uh, when you kind of 
get older and you experience more manga, you do start to question maybe what was it that made those series great and maybe it was just that they were popular at the time. Yeah. It's uh, an interesting way of learning to consume media is, you know, to watch stuff as a critic um, because then, you know, you end up consuming more and you don't just like, you know, avoid the bad stuff. You use the bad stuff in order to kind of better appreciate the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So those are the questions and answers that we got for January. So we're going to pose a new one for you guys. This is, uh, in part, I'm, I'm inspired off of uh, Black Panther, which has recently become a very big success. And a lot of it... Has, deservedly so. And a lot of people have found it uh, a big success because it is a chance for, for black Americans, for African Americans, for just black people in general, to see themselves on the big screen, a big blockbuster in a way that they haven't really before. So I'm asked this question, it's somewhat tangentially connected note, a bit broader, but has there ever been a manga character that you've ever seen yourself in? Whether mm. it's culturally, whether it's personality-wise, whether it's just almost projecting yourself into them. Has there ever been a manga character you've had that really strong connection of relatability to? Cool. So if you want to send in an answer for that, shoot that over to weekly manga recap at yahoo.com. Make sure you put answer and probably February, in somewhere in the title of your email. That way we can easily filter it out and we can read your answers next time on our March Q&A edition. That's a good question. I like it. So, Nick, now we have to ask questions to each other. And yes. I, I have, I think, a good one for you. You think? I okay. think. I don't know. This 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 one could be... I'm a little nervous now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Nick, how big's your wiener? No. I'm not certain, but... <laughs> no. Anyway, here goes. <laughs> so I, I, I asked this specifically with an example in mind I want to bring up, and it might mm-hmm. help you kind of better understand what I'm going for. But has sure. there ever been something that happened as you were consuming a piece of media where you're immediately like, this is so stupendously fucking awesome that... No matter what your perception of the series going in was, you were me like, I'm going to love this henceforward, if for nothing else than this one character, this one moment that I just experienced. Yeah, I, I, all the time. Um, I think that I've, I mean, I've told multiple times on uh, this podcast how, you know, the moment that I decided that I really liked One Piece was the moment where, you know, they're on uh, in Little Garden. Luffy gets gobbled up by the Brontosaurus and then the Brontosaurus's head gets chopped off and he falls out of the neck and he just goes, eh? Um, yeah. You know, uh, particular examples of that, aside from that. Well, here, let me give you my example. Hiruma, Hiruma is you know, my favorite manga character of all time. Um, so, I mean, I liked I Show 21 for many reasons aside from him, but he was a very early indicator. It's like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to like this because, uh, you know, he's in there and in your face right from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have an example that I want to give you. And that is I was I never watched a whole lot of Yu-Gi-Oh outside of the original series. Mm-hmm. It was never really my thing after a while. I tried watching GX a little bit, just couldn't get into it. But on a whim oh, the crew in the schoolyard. Yeah. And all the other lyrics that I don't know. Uh, I, I On a whim, I decided to check out the Vrains anime. Oh, okay. Do you know anything about Vrains, Nick? Very, very little. Okay. Uh, I have not checked it out yet. I know that the new gimmick for uh, the series is Link Summoning. Yeah. And it's also basically set up like Dual Links is, where they shorten the board and everything like that. Ah! <laughs> yeah, sorry. But there's a particular character at Nick. His name's Go Onizuka. And he is a professional wrestler, oh, okay. duelist, well, 
and he has a match with the main professional wrestler themed character you say okay yes well he's he's like the um, i'm trying to think what the equivalent would be um was it chaz who was like the main he's basically the first non-douchebag opponent the hero faces so he's the first one to kind of become a good guy after that and to to give you the context go unizuka is like the champion of this world before the hero of the story playmaker shows up and is becoming like the new hero. So Onizuka wants to challenge him because he's an orphan, and he goes to visit the other orphans at the orphanage he grew up at, who he like gives present to and they admire him, and he sees they're all admiring Playmaker instead. So he challenges him to a duel. Playmaker's not his real name, is it? No, it's the name he goes by in like the virtual reality world where duels take place. Okay. I think his real name's like Yusaku, but I don't know percent, so I say Playmaker. Well, it would have to, it would have, to have a U sound in it, obviously. Yeah. So... so Go's strategy is obviously he has wrestling-themed cards, but it's also he's basically built to be a Yu-Gi-Oh! character because his dueling strategy is to purposefully take extra damage to make duels as entertaining and dramatic as possible. And he's, like, inspiring uh, Playmaker in his duel because, like... The, the guy has, like, a little AI on his fucking thing that's just like, uh, you you know, why are you taking this extra damage? Like, just beat this guy or whatever. And he's just like, no. He has, like, a gimmick of using, like, three reasons for why he does things. And he's basically like, this oh, guy. Oh, so like Okada. Okay. Yeah. He basically is like, this guy is playing to his duel strategy no matter how tough it may be. And that proves he's a great duelist. He's, you know, uh, an inspiring figure. And he's, because of that, he's driving me to enjoy this game in a way I haven't before. And basically the big climax of this duel has them have their monsters attack each other three times in a row with equal attack and monsters surviving the attacks each time. So it's like a big wrestling showdown where they're like clashing into each other and then getting back up via different effects and then ultimately go loses on the third one as like the stupid like samurai showdown move with it. But as like he's defeated, goes like, what a great duel, haha. And the hero's flying away, and his little robot buddy's like, I don't get it. He lost the match, and he's happy, and you won the match, and you're sad. Why is that? And the hero says, there are some duels that are just so great, you never want them to end. And I was Aww. sitting on my knees, like, ripping my shirt open, screaming, yes! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this shit's so awesome! <laughs> Oh man! So they've actually like um, had a little bit of a pro wrestling thing going on with Yu-Gi-Oh ever since they introduced the idea of uh, pro duels. Honestly, because like there's when you think about it, like so many of the duelists in Yu-Gi-Oh are so heavily gimmicked because everyone's got their own things. Like I play dinosaur monster, so I'm dinosaur Ryuzaki or Rex Raptor. When it you know yeah. depending on what version you're talking about, um, so. I'm glad that they eventually just decided, like, fuck it, he's just a, just a professional wrestler. He's, he's a professional wrestler <laughs> themed. Everything's professional wrestling themed about him. He's awesome. Awesome. I I've, I've, have meant to check out uh, Vrains. The issue is that after, you know, because it's the sixth Yu-Gi-Oh! series, and so many of them, like... Ever since the original, basically, um, there's always a big, a good long stretch of the, of every series where it's just like, I don't know, like GX, it, it started off really bad and then it got much better. Uh, five Ds started off really good and then it got bad. Arc Five it started off really good and then it got bad. So a little tepid about getting into another one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say I'm I'm only a little bit into it. 
but I've enjoyed it thus far. Um, it, I do have to like get to that point though where I have to be like, oh, okay, everyone just has supremely stupid hair. Everybody. Yes, everyone. <laughs> so like the main character doesn't just have like the hairstyle with like three different colors in it. When he goes into virtual world, he then changes it to like four other colors. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of become like uh, a trademark of the series at this point, like uh, especially like um, Zexel mm-hmm. gave everyone two toned hair. Everyone yes. has two toned hair in that series. Like he, Yuma's grandmother has two toned hair. So <laughs> anyway, uh, I guess that we should actually get to questions. Then do, do, do you have a question for me? I didn't mean to cut. Oh, you yes. Off. Oh, gosh. Um, my question is actually much simpler. Uh, do you, it's like, it's actually a really, really strange question. It's like, do you have, did you ever have any like fears when you were a kid that you look back on now and you think, I don't really understand why I actually was scared of that. Uh, many, uh, I was a very fearful kid for mm-hmm. multiple reasons, but one that always stuck out to me. Like, you know, if you were a kid and you actually walked in a horror movie, that movie would have scarred you. And, like, it's just one of those things you carry with you. For some reason, that, for me, was the Child's Play with Chucky. I saw that, like, a brief couple minutes of it. And there's one scene in particular where, like, the dad's going down the stairs in the basement where the kid is. And Chucky's also down there. And Chucky's, like, hiding behind the stairs and, like, slips a hook into the guy's shoe. So he trips and falls down the stairs. I don't remember what happens after that. I think that's why I ran away crying. But as a kid, I was always terrified of going down the stairs to my basement because the the backs to the stairs were open and led into the the laundry room. So if someone legitimately was behind it with a hook, they could have done the same thing to me and then presumably stabbed me afterwards. I don't know what what Chucky did afterwards. He might have just laughed. He's kind of a dick like that. But it scared me for years about that. I don't know why. Um, No, I I can totally get that. Um especially when it's something that's like that, you know, real, you know, not something like, Oh, a monster's going to come get me. He's like, no, someone could tr- just trip me through the holes in the stairs here. And little things like that. I know are get, like uh, collected. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, you know, the, like, uh, I think that there's a series of comics where someone has collected, you know, like, uh, people's irrational fears. Like, Oh, what if something like this happens? You know, like if I, I've always thought that if, you know, if I, put my finger into this thing that it would rip my arm off or something like that. You know, isn't that more or less what a uh, Fushan no Yogi was or that one, well, that one horror manga we read one time that was like one page long stories over and over. It was essentially like that, but um, I mean like, you know, not as I think stupid. that someone like, <laughs> it was literally just like, you know, people would share their irrational fears with this, like one guy on like uh, Twitter or something like that. And he would make little comics based off of them. Uh... So, I can see that. All right. So uh, how about now we actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah let's, let's get into this. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, we're going to start back at the beginning of November here. Uh, we're going to begin with uh, no signature. Okay. Hello, Nick. Can I please have your Link Karibo card? Because I can't figure out what Link Summoning is. Just Sync Summoning, Synchro Summoning without level matching Freeman. Fuck off. And Chris, when is World Trigger coming back? I think I finally surrendered. Larios. Always uh, keep up the fight. Yeah. 
I was so pissed off a few days ago when Annalise uh, retweeted something that was like a well, trigger was, related like, the, the and you got excited. I was like, oh, and I was like, wait a minute. It says Bondi Namco 2015 in the corner. This isn't an announcement of its return. Why did you do this? She did it with something else. It was like the four year anniversary of World Trigger. So it was a World Trigger image that was really realistic. And I was like, it's back. And then I looked at it. It was just a celebration for the fact it's been in existence for four years. It's like, God damn it. Come back. Come back, financial. Uh, besides the two and the nicknames, I really hope Chris takes to the World Trigger podcast bet for free pizza because that instantly means I lose and World Trigger comes back. Hmm. A couple other questions. Number one, for a future category for next year, how about best group reaction? I regret it for not having it sooner. Thanks to Dr. Stone's reaction for the coming week. This was back in November, of course. Um, Maybe. I don't, I don't know if we want to do too many... <laughs> Awards and that I don't know that one seems a little bit. Uh, it seems like there's not a ton of content to it. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of a reach, basically. Uh, we've already done this one. Uh, I think we've gotten asked this a couple of times actually about uh, you know D and D group um, with the with the one piece uh, the straw hats. Yeah. Uh, which sort of manga would you like to live in? Assuming you could easily adapt to it. Do we actually have already answered that too? Um, I don't know. Assuming that you can actually survive in it, though, that's uh, that's a nice uh, clarification. Uh, I, I mean, I like the One Piece world, but if I'm just living in it as like a normal person, it's probably not all that exciting. <laughs> like I do, I'm just stuck on a weird island my entire life. Right. And what happens if I don't get islands? What happens mm. if I don't get like a good island? I can get stuck on like coffee. Just island. A good island. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like go. Coffee Island sucks. I don't like this. <laughs> or like the uh, the the Ring of Islands, uh, where nothing really happened except that they faced uh, uh, the Foxy Pirates. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Like I, that's just my life. Is <laughs> I live on Long Ring Island. You actually remember the name of it? <laughs> I told you, Nick. I don't remember math, but I remember stupid, <laughs> unnecessary things from manga and anime. <laughs> okay. Um, for Nick, what is a wild magic effect that could happen to Chris? Um, I think that this might be in reference. Is this in reference to the, your Dice Funk? Yeah, it, it's a reference to Dice Funk, which I believe was still at the end of season three at that point. My character was a wild magic sorcerer. And so random shit would just happen. Yeah. Based so uh, it's I think I guess wild magic is being anything could happen. My Man. character, my character at one point literally spontaneously started playing polka music that just followed her everywhere. <laughs> Oh, gosh. I'm not that imaginative. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't have that ability to just pull stuff out uh, like that. Um, Let's see here. Let me see. Let me pull up a good uh, well, here, thing. I'll, I'll, I'll answer the, my I'm, part of the question while you, you uh, look at it. So my part of the question is what mild, wild magic effect has been your favorite to happen? And there were a lot that were really cool, especially at the beginning when unintentionally I got like three things that helped me make my character into a Super Saiyan where my hair went blonde. I got a monkey tail. Shit like that was great. But the one that bummed me out is the fact that if I had ever crit on a wild magic roll, Austin had put on the table, my character literally would have gone Super Saiyan. <laughs> and shit, I was like, oh, I never rolled on that. That sucks so much. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, my character also literally brought an entire sentient race to life at one point in the series. 
An entire sentient race. Yeah, the Bozogs. Oh. They're like uh, bird raptor people. I was going to make them all squirtles, but I figured I'd let Austin take the reins and make it since they had to exist in his, his canon universe from then forward. Um, hmm, okay. Uh, the only thing that's actually coming to mind, I don't know if you ever watched uh, Wacko's Wish, Chris. Yes. Yeah. Uh, do you remember the uh, when the bit where they're telling the king how he has to consider his wish carefully and how he words it? Uh-huh. Um, so, you know, he's like, I know what I'll do. I'll wish for a million bucks. No, two million bucks. And uh, like a stampede of bucks. <laughs> Dear. Like the animal yeah, comes rampaging over him. He's like, OK, I'll wish for all the dough in the world. He's just like buried in a bunch of bread dough. So I imagine something along those lines where, like, you know, you get a bit of a monkey paw kind of thing going on to you. I like I appreciate I have an appreciation for puns being used to physically punish someone. Dark pun, though. When I was a kid, I remember there was like an X-Files episode I think had to do with something along these same lines. And Mm -hmm. they were like, "Ooh, what wish would you want to make? And I said, I wish I could see Poppy again, who was my grandfather who had been dead at the time. And they were like, oh, what if you die? And then someone was like, ooh, what if you show up in his coffin that's buried underneath the ground? I was like, that's horrifying. I was like seven when this happened. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Yeah, so. We got a weird family. (laughs) We're a great bunch. All right. uh, Next part is uh, the true harem battle. We never learn versus Nisekoi. Which harem team wins the sports festival? The typical sports festival cliche events because we know in a fight, Nisekoi would definitely win. It'd still be Nisekoi. It would still be Nisekoi. Unless it's solely and completely a swimming competition and only one person needs to compete in, there'd be no chance. Um, Just, you know, when you consider, yes, Iruka is athletic, but none of the other girls are particularly so. In -hmm. fact, I'm pretty sure that, you know, like uh, Rizu and and, uh, Fumino probably will be, you know, um, below average in terms of athleticism and on the other half you've got uh uh sugumi and uh jitoge who are physical freaks so they actually did like a crossover with the haikyuu and they were kicking the you know the volleyball manga's volleyball team's ass so (laughs) yep uh last part is uh finally teams of three in a battle of wits and cunning you're only allowed teams of the current Shonen Jump protagonists. Yes, World Trigger counts. Capture the flag in the woods. Which team wins? Um, if it's teams of Shonen Jump protagonists, uh, then you're going to want Emma. Uh, you'll probably want Senku. And... Oh, all the typical answers are bad because Luffy would be horrible to try and ha- could, like find his way around the woods. <laughs> but on the other hand, I guess he could smash those stuff up. Mm. See, do you want my three? Sure. I went on the same path as you did initially. I was like, Emma, she's super smart. Senku, also super smart. And I was like, wait a minute. Fuck those super smart kids. I'm going to take Yuma, Asta, and Melodius. People who just smash shit, run really fast, they're crazy strong. Fuck intelligence at that point. Emma can, Melia- be, as, Emma can be as smart as she wants. Yuma can fucking triple jump. <laughs> uh, Meliodas is not showing jump. So. Uh, well, I included him in there because we do him in the recap. Well, you're disqualified then. All, All right, right, I win. Damn. <laughs> Technicality got me again. <laughs> 
Uh, then again, I might have been disqualified for not being able to come up with a third. <laughs> Your third one's like uh, Rebecca. I was. I did think of like, well, Yui gets smart. No, you don't want Yui on the team. <laughs> Let's all be friends. Burn out. <laughs> all right. All right. So we got questions here from Arc. Our armed C says, "Hey, heel turn Nick and face turn Chris. Are there any protagonists slash good guys in series that you think would work? Maybe with a very slightly different tweak as villains of a different series you cover or slash have covered. Likewise, is there something wrong with the weekly manga recap team? I don't think so. Sorry, bit of a Shawn Michaels there. Gotcha." You had really, really weird promos when you first turned heel. I was gonna say you're not gonna throw me through a barbershop window, are you? That, that is what I implied. I did. Okay. Well, that's unfortunate. Uh so I thought of this one, and I was like, I think actually, if a slight tweak to it, Senku would actually make a pretty easy villain because he essentially is a mad scientist in many ways. Uh It'd be a little tough because he's idealistic science as opposed to, like, terrifying ethical questioning science. But mm-hmm. I feel like you definitely could find a way to make him into a mad scientist without too much work. Yeah. Um, and he's already got that kind of devil may care attitude about, you know, people's, like, general concerns about things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like. Ah, it's fine. Yeah, you might die if you go towards this, you know, chemical spewing pit, but it's all right. <laughs> yeah. Um. The let's see, Hiruma, of course, um, is already pretty close to a villain. Uh, all you would have to do would just be have him kind of take things a little bit further in order to win. Uh, there's that whole bit where you know he talks with Marco of the dinosaurs, and he's like, "Yeah, if, if I had, if I had uh, Gal on my team, I would have had him kill everyone too." Best way to win. Yeah. He's like, I mean, not for nothing, but I take the advantage of the tools I get. Uh, and uh, Natsuo in uh, Tepu is basically the villain of that series anyway. It's just that, you know, she's the protagonist. Uh-huh. So, yeah, she could have she could have uh, been a villain uh, straight up. She's very standard sports villain anyway. So. And, uh, yeah, next part. Uh, inversely, are there any antagonists in a shouldn't jump series or a series that we read that could be the heroes in another series. Mm. I thought of as death from uh, a comic I kill. Uh, she already has quite a bit of, you know, character development that uh, makes her more sympathetic than a lot of your typical uh, villains. And she's also tied romantically to the hero. Uh, whatever the fuck his name is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think that with a little bit of tweaking, she could have actually been a hero. Okay. And I think there were a lot of people who were thinking that maybe she would turn out to be good, but uh, she didn't. Yeah. What are you going to do? They probably killed her anyway. She, they did. Yep. There you go. All right. Good question. All right. Uh, this next one's going to come from now four. Dear Nick, who used to be afraid of the dark until he learned he could punch it. And Chris, who knows from experience that it is very hard to punch a bird. Do you know that from experience, Chris? Uh, I don't, but I do believe I know it from, I think it's the Dorkly comic that that's about. Oh, okay. It's, it, it was a joke about uh, how Pokemon type advantages were explained. So oh, being afraid of the dark until you could just punch, punch it. Gotcha. And then, yeah, very hard to punch a bird is like the reason right. why flying types have an advantage or fighting right. for some reason. Yeah. Okay. 
Uh, this is uh, got a Pokemon question. Every generation, your main opponent in the games uses parties of the same type, so stupid kids can develop their brains to, with basic strategy, at least until Gen 4, where the AI got smart enough to use a move that screws over Pokemon of their weakness. However, the adult version of this, or at least the version of this that requires more thought, is a party with a theme. For example, a party where all the Pokemon are based on mythical creatures from our world, like Absol, uh, Turtwig, uh, etc., or something meta where like a party where <clears throat> where the Pokemon uh, is uh, type don't match what it, which, what it should be like Trapinch, Hippopotas and so on. Maybe a party based on a profession like a farmer, Miltank, Tauros and so on. What would the theme of your Pokemon team be and what Pokemon are in it? So we actually have a couple of Pokemon uh, team uh, questions in this in the in the yeah. group of questions we're going to be answering soon. But uh, this one, I have actually had an answer kind of ready to go for um, years. I always thought it would be kind of cool to build a Pokemon team based around the weather effects, you know, Sandstorm, uh, the, you know, the Blizzard, uh, uh, was a Rain Dance, uh, all that mm -hmm. stuff. Um, and so, you know, they're like, you know, the Pokemon that have the abilities that are linked to uh, those effects. Uh, you know, some of them call it down right away. Some of them power up from it, uh, stuff like that. So I think it would be cool to have something along those lines. Like, you know, have like a cast form, uh, Pokemon that, you know, knows uh, solar beams so they can benefit from the sunny day, uh, stuff like that. I could take that. I could take that. So I have two. Mm. My first is Pokemon that should be on Ash's team if he wasn't an idiot. And that team, <laughs> would, be, that team would be Pidgeot, Primeape, Beedrill, Haunter, and Gudra. I couldn't find a sixth one because technically... No, Beedrill. Butterfree. Beedrill. Yeah. Remember he caught a Beedrill in Johto and gave Did it to he? and gave it to Casey because it was a yellow and black striped it was Pokemon. And black. Yeah. Right. He just fucking gave it to her. It's like, thanks. What a great fucking meaningful moment. You caught a Pokemon and gave it to me, you like a dickhead. Uh but the one I really like is a team of each gen's game freak has run out of ideas. So it's <laughs> each gen's Yeah. So it's it's giraffe rig. It's one from each gen, basically after one. So giraffe rig, spoink, probopass, vanillish, barbonicle, and passimian. <laughs> and they're all the Pokemon with terrible designs. That when people saw it, they're like, "Game Freak's done." They they ran out of ideas at this point. What? No trubbish. <laughs> well, I had to choose between trubbish or vanillish because I only wanted one from Gen Five. So I went with Vanillish because more people complain about the fucking ice cream Pokemon. That is true. <laughs> oh, man. I like that. That's great. All right. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, that's it. Okay, cool. Thank you, Not4, for that. Uh, question here from CFEFPO. Hey, Nick and Chris. Um, so this is a reference to a Dragon Ball Z theory about uh, one of the things about Brawly is he has intense hate for the protagonist because, and I'm not making this up, when Brawly and the protagonist were babies, they were putting cribs next to each other and the baby protagonist cried nonstop and just bothered baby Brawly. Yes, this is the reason why Brawly hates the protagonist and wants to kill him. Now, everyone who watched this movie and even fans of Brawly hate this detail because of how unrealistic and convoluted it is. I think differently. Thanks to Weekly Manga Recap, I think this is kind of plausible. How you may ask? Simple. <laughs> Brawly has baby memories. <laughs> Yes, thanks to Baby Memories, Broly could in theory remember the events and it happened and hold a grudge over it. 
Matt, uh, does this excuse the story writers for coming up with a convoluted reason for why Broly wants to fight the protagonist, and not the rival character whose dad stabbed Broly as a baby? Not really, but at least now people can say it's impossible for Broly to remember it. Not impossible for Broly to remember something like that. So tell me, what do you think of the theory? Do you think it works? I think that it's the only way that it works. (laughs) (laughs) I think that, um, I mean, if he remembers it, then yes, he has to have baby memories. Yeah. I mean, that's the only it's got that is it like <laughs> um and i think that what makes this particularly great is that you just know that if you know you asked ray who his favorite dragon ball character was he would say broly yeah because he's you know the, the strongest and he's, he's like the best. broly is the strongest i also like oh, the, Cal. the strongest his power level is maximum yeah. yeah i also like carol because she's female broly from universe six <laughs> So yeah, I, I that's not so, not so much like us voicing our opinions on it so much as yes, you're right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So thank you for that that suggestion, CFPO. Uh, Move to the next one for not four. I don't know why there's an email in there that I deleted earlier that didn't get deleted. For I've got reason. one here from uh, Marion. Yeah, skip that one because there's no actual question in it. Uh, is there? I don't believe so. Oh, yeah, you're right. No, it's just like this stuff annoy you. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I, I mean, I appreciate the email. There was just no question in it. So I, I shot it over. Okay. Uh, not for then. Yes, correct. Uh, Dear wire ruler of a deep voice and receding hairline that makes him seem 10 years older than he is, but he uses it to make women think he's more mature than he is. That is what I do. Yes. And a man many consider so incredibly sexy that women are warned to remove their panties so that they will not dissolve in hot anticipation for him when he enters the room. Robert Downey Jr. Oh, wait, that's just Rillo T. Sorry, everyone, sorry. WR will reimburse any women whose underwear partly evaporated. This is not for... You got a mean one. Yeah, you got a mean one, but mine was much more elaborate and long. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't... I don't even know if that's actually insulting to you. It's just like, you know, it, or if it's just like, sorry, I made you think that there was going to be Robert Downey Jr. here. And instead it's it's, impl- not. it's implying I'm not Robert Downey Jr., which is an insult. How dare you imply Chris is not somebody who he is not? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I've been playing through all of Kingdom Hearts games uh, recently, and I have just beaten Birth by Sleep for the first time or third and a half time, depending on how you quantify it. As I went through Terra and Ventus' storylines, I was kind of dreading Aqua's story because she seemed like the boring, pretty demure girl who does nothing but worry about her man with her hand on her chest character that would be voiced by Stephanie Shea when dubbed into English. Wow. Uh, but when I actually played her storyline, I was pleasantly surprised. She is still that type of character, but because Birth by Sleep is a video game, it actually requires Aqua to do something, meaning she is 90% more interesting than most worrying waifu slash cis characters. She actually has dimensions in development and feels bored to the story, but she even has a pratfall. My question is, have you ever read a series that took a character you normally hate or find boring and did something with them that made them interesting for once? I, so I, I presume you mean like a, a kind of character archetype. Yeah. Um, definitely, yes. Uh, I struggled to think of an example right now. Though. Well, one I like, uh, I like Uega a lot and we never learned because he takes the, the harem protagonist and just turns him into an actively nice person. A lot of harem protagonists are just generic guys with very little personality. They're described as nice, but they don't actively really do nice things so much as they just aren't 
like outwardly evil and usually they're placed up against jerks and dickheads. Whereas you wake I have never been mean to a girl. Where's my harem? Yeah, exactly. Uh, But like with Ueka, he's legitimately somebody who seems to be very interested in the success of these other people. Like he seems to be a very selfless individual. And I admired that. So I, I enjoyed that to a certain extent. Definitely. And, uh, and while we are on Kingdom Hearts, we are all really wish there would be a Star Wars world before it was announced. We're all kind of hoping there's a Marvel world. What's the Disney property that you really like and would like to see be made into a Kingdom Hearts world? But no, they never will, either because Disney aren't all that proud of it or it was never popular in Japan. Oh, so. Song of the South World. <laughs> uh, no, I, I would like to see. I would hate it because I know Kingdom Hearts would destroy everything I love about it. But in my mind, I'm like, oh, an inside out world would be great. All the like different parts of the brain you'd go to and things like that. But Disney wouldn't understand. Like Kingdom Hearts wouldn't understand the nuance of that and story. This is where the, and this is where the darkness in Riley's heart is. <laughs> yeah, it would have been like, yeah, Riley isn't sad. She has a heartless inside of her. Fight the heartless. <laughs> Well, bye, sadness. What? (laughs) (laughs) Um, The Black Cauldron would probably have some pretty cool ideas, but yeah, it made Disney negative money, so that that they they like to forget about it. Uh, It'll never be made in anything, probably. Unfortunately. Um, Also, a property that I actually really love, uh, Bedknobs and Broomsticks. Uh, probably just not the right type of story for uh, a video game in general. So you'd be surprised. They've well, made they've made lamer Disney properties at the levels in Kingdom Hearts. Like what? Fucking Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, Sleeping Beauty. Well, yep, that's Snow Snow White. You can't do a Disney thing without Snow White. Yes, you can. You don't have to go to her universe. It sucks. It's boring. They're fucking dwarves. They dig. That's it. And Sleeping Beauty is, I mean, Maleficent turns into a dragon. Come on. It's so much work to get to that point. You have to just spend your time in her fucking house trying to avoid the cat. It sucks, Nick. I'm telling you. I played it. It sucks. I mean, I I, I believe you, but I, anyway. Uh, also, personally, I love to see Disney's Robin Hood made to a Kingdom Hearts level. And one more for the road, because this email seems a little short to me. Oh no, the warehouse that had the rights to Otada Hikaru's music burned down, <laughs> so now the next Kingdom Hearts can't use Simple and Clean or any of her other music. <laughs> also, she's spontaneously combusted, so we can't just resign, re-sign the rights. Ah, uh, yes. Chris. The way music rights work, where <laughs> the warehouse burns down, the, the, the deal's on the point. Don't you have, like, digital backups? They burn down, too! <laughs> <laughs> well, the warehouse burns down, the contract's null and void! Chris, Nick, someone t- someone went into the warehouse and tore up all the paperwork <laughs> before burning it down. <laughs> Chris, Nick, we need you to choose the song to replace hers for the next game. You each need to propose one, but you can propose more if you want. Uh, also, I've been thinking of this question for a while, so I've already thought of Charlie XCX's boom clack, clap, the sound of my heart as a legitimate answer. And the darkness song, I believe in a thing called love as an ironic answer. I believe in a thing called Love is too epic of a song for Kingdom Hearts, which is weird because everything every other song they do is like a pop star and turn orchestra, but it's still it's too much. Can you imagine just like those original Kingdom Hearts commercials that they would, you know, run and set to, yeah. you know, just, I believe in a thing called Love. Oh, man, I fucking I want it, but it's it's too good. <laughs> um, I literally looked at this question a little while ago when I was prepping for uh, this show and I was just like. 
tiptoe through the tulips. <laughs> <laughs> so I have two answers. One is a legitimate one. If they needed to, I'm sure they could pick a song by Carly Rae Jepsen. She feels like a pretty equatable American equivalent yeah, yeah, to yeah, sure. yeah. Like, the Utada But my actual answer is All Star by Smash Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> because that is the perfect song for Kingdom Hearts. It's upbeat, it's exciting, but the lyrics are pretentious and make no sense, just like the rest of Kingdom Hearts. It is a perfect unison. Can you imagine? Like, Sora is stand is, you know, standing or crouching in the darkness. He's lost all hope. Donald and Goofy come up behind him put a hand on his shoulders and they look up to the horizon where I don't know Kyrie's trapped in a crystal or something and then Sora gets up and he draws his keyblade and they both slowly walk towards her to save the day somebody <laughs> wants to <laughs> no well then, that's the thing they do a remix of it that's like quiet and orchestral like somebody, somebody wants to me the- <laughs> <gonna roll> me. <laughs> <laughs> well that's a crush 40 remix which is another great option <laughs> For the final boss fight. <laughs> yeah, like it, it's just like as soon as the fight starts up, it's just like, well, the meteor man picked to defer, judging by the hole in the satellite picture. And it's just like, this makes sense. It's all, it's the nobodies, it's everything. The dome with a finger and a thumb. And all. <laughs> <laughs> like, it all makes sense. <laughs> oh, give us money. <laughs> <laughs> Please. All right. We'll be your idea, people. <laughs> Square Enix, I know you're out there. Uh, so, uh, next email here. Thank you for the questions, Dolph. For uh, this, the next set of questions from Campy says, "Hello, Y Ruler, Pokemon Masters, and Rolo, world famous Pokemon photographer." T, come on! Why man. are you guys so mean to Chris? <laughs> I get Tracy. The one- that's not even Tracy. That's Todd. Oh God! Which, which, in fairness, at least Todd got his own game. Yeah. Ugh, it's still lame. Uh for, so for the questions here, first one, what characteristics to you make a strong villain or antagonist in a manga series? Do these traits require a balance or could they be used over and over to make a less fa- effective antagonist? I don't think that there is any one particular group of characteristics that will make a good villain. I used to think that there was, and now I think that it's, you can do very different ideas very well, basically. Mm-hmm. My f- one of my favorite types of villains is the type where you can I've said this for a long time, the type where you can understand why they've, uh, you know, become a certain way and have done certain things, but you can't forgive them for what they've done. They're they're so horrible that you, you know, are never going to root for them to accomplish their, to accomplish their goal. But you understand why they did them. a killmonger is a great example of that. Like you totally understand where he comes from in uh, Black Panther, but he's still definitely doing things the wrong way. Uh-huh. Um, one other, another thing that I like is if there is some sort of connection in the personality of the villain to the hero. Uh, I don't mean that they should be a dark reflection of them. In fact, I think that, you know, taking the similarities too far will just take away from them. But, you know, if there is something where you can say, like, okay, they've got very similar motivations. Uh, or, you know, maybe the villain used to be the hero at some like the hero at some point, but they something happened to them. And so they've lost their way. And that's what separates the hero from them. Um, and then you can play on that dynamic to show why the hero is good, basically. Uh-huh. I could take that. Yeah, I think it's there's there's a lot of different ways that villains are made. I think if, if I had to think of like one trait, though, 
I think the number one thing is if you have nothing else for your villain, just make them interesting and fun. Mm-hmm. Like, it, like the worst thing I think of for any kind of property is the villain is just lackluster and you don't care. Like that was the big thing with Steppenwolf and Justice League. He was just so boring. Like there was nothing to that guy at all. <laughs> the Justice League are finally together. What cosmic force in the DC universe will they have to face? Steppenwolf. Well, really, they don't even have to get together to fight Steppenwolf. They just need to wait for Superman to wake up, and he could just clown Steppenwolf by himself. I still haven't watched that movie. It sucks. (laughs) It's so bad. It's so bad. You get, like, Batman on the ground, like, oh, I think I broke something. You're just like, what happened? He was the only good part of Batman versus Superman. Oh, all right. Uh, Two. Comedic villains are pre- used pretty frequently in the medium. What are a couple of some of your favorite comedic villains from manga and anime? Uh, Team Rocket yep. from the from Pokemon. Or, I don't think that I even actually understood as a kid just how entertaining they were. Yeah, you love them. I, yeah. it's, I, I like comedic villains a lot, too, because usually they're the ones who follow through the story. So like Jesse and James, also Bulk and Skull from, from Pokemon. Mm. It's not a, or not Pokemon, Power Rangers. Uh, was on that similar vein. And what I love about them is those are both characters who, when shit really hit the fan, they became good guys. Even if it was for like a brief moment, they had like a character arc and they were like, oh, like our pettiness, we don't care about that. We care about saving the world or something like that. And they get a heroic moment. And I love those things so much. Like, you know, the bulk and skull leading the charge against the aliens or like Jesse and James in the movies saying like, you know, let's do something good for once or whatever. Like, it's just like one of those things you're like, oh, it's fucking awesome. I love that. What's the oh gosh, what's the name of the guy from Black Clover? Sec, oh, Sec. He's probably actually one of my favorite parts of the series at this point because at least you're not supposed to take him seriously. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like a Zonge kind of character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, three. Oftentimes, the villain to overshadow the protagonist. A piece of media. What property can you think of where the villain overshadows the protagonist? How could the protagonist been improved to achieve a better balance between the two? So, on our same trot, uh, I thought Killmonger really did overshadow T'Challa in in Black Panther, where you were like, I like Killmonger a fuck ton, and I'm kind of okay on Black Panther, which isn't really a fault of anybody out there. I think Black Panther as a character is just one that's hard to really get super excited about, because he's a pretty restrained personality a lot of the time, so... When you especially have somebody as big as Michael B. Jordan playing the opposite of him, it's easier to definitely like get intrigued by that than you do the protagonist. But I think it also just comes down to like you have to kind of accept that because he gets his cool mm-hmm. moments elsewhere. It happens quite a bit. Um, Anton Chigurh in uh, No Country for Old Men is the only good part of that movie. I hate it. Um, <laughs> I feel almost dirty whenever I say that. <laughs> um, but it happens all the time, honestly. Uh, to give a manga example, uh, Dio in part one of JoJo like blows Jonathan out of the water. Yeah. So. Usually it just comes down to the fact that you've made the villain so charismatic and big that you're just like nothing can – like you can't make the hero like that because then the hero is too goofy. You can't take it seriously. Mm-hmm. So it happens. 
Uh, for finally the last question, because I know you all love them. The Pokemon company knows this great work you've done coming with all such a great creative teams for Suisha and Toei to use. So they come to you asking for ideas for a Pokemon villain team for the anime. Not just any team. This team is to utilize characters of the current Shotage Up lineup. They ask you to select one antagonist to be the no-nonsense boss, two to be the no-nonsense grunts, and two TV, uh, oh, two to be the comedic duo who follows the protagonist. Who are your picks and what will their signature Pokemon be? Okay. So, I interpreted this question to mean to use exclusively antagonists from the current Shonen Jump lineup in order to form this team. So, it was a little tricky, but I think I've come up with something good. Okay. So, my no-nonsense boss is going to be Isabella from The Promised Neverland. And I think that uh, she'd be, you know, like a a Giovanni type. So, you never actually see her, like, battle. She just kind of has a Pokemon with her. And she'll have, like, a baby Pokemon. Maybe, like, a Happiny with her. And she's just, you know, like constantly cuddling it and, you know, and carrying it under in, in, the, in the crook of her arm and petting it and stuff. Uh, our, my no-nonsense duo, so the, you know, Bush and Cassidy of the series, is going to be Sukasa from Dr. Stone and Shigaraki from My Hero Academia. Okay. Sukasa uh, is going to be a fighting-type Pokemon. Probably Sock, because Sock learns uh, naturally Brick Break and Rock Smash. So there you go. There you go. It fits. And uh, Shigaraki's would be bar- bar- barbarical because <laughs> of all the hands. <laughs> That's Pokemon. <laughs> I know it looks weird, Chris, but it's got better stats than Sock, so it's not like he gets the shaft in this. True. My comedy duo, <laughs> I'm so proud of this answer, would be Leashed from Black Clover and Azami from Food Wars. And they're a comedy duo because even though their signatures are Leash would have a Regigigas and a zombie would have a Snorlax. First off, Regigigas just looks really powerful, but it's got slow start. So it, it, it never like actually you know gets to show off its power before they just beat him. And a zombie is constantly trying to prevent his Snorlax from just eating everything and is trying to improve its, his diet. So he never <laughs> successfully battles either. So they just show up and are like weird eccentric idiots for uh, whenever they try and stop Ash or whoever it is that they're after. And that's how they get beaten all the time. Okay, I could dig that. Uh, So I came up with Team Order. uh, And the comedy goober group I have as Sek from Black Clover and Mm. Jen Asagiri from from the Dr. Stone. Uh, Sek has a Salandit. Which is the little poisonous uh, lizard monster from the newest gen, and Gen has an Esper. Uh, the I interpreted this as admins as opposed to no nonsense grunts because I don't watch enough of the Pokemon anime to like mm. know what their Butch and Cassidy groups are, so I interpret it more like the admins. So uh, the first admin I have is Azami, who has a Bisharp because it has a bunch of knives for him to cook with. And he's a part of Team Order. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. And then I have Isabella as the other one, and she is a Driftloon because its Pokedex entry says it steals children away. Ooh. Uh, and then for the uh, boss of the group, I have a Kanu from One Piece, and he has an M. Boris as Pokemon. As a, just a big, fiery, punchy, smash murder monster. Mm-hmm. And I realized I, I spent it. too much time on this, and <laughs> I don't remember math. <laughs> I'm behind on bills. It's all bad, Nick. <laughs> I like that answer. It's cool. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Campy, for the questions. Much appreciated. Next, uh, we're going to get some questions uh, from uh, Satellite of Love. 
Dear White Roller of Mada Mada and Rolo Rolo Deze. Oh, come on, Nick. You got to do it with more enthusiasm. Rolo Rolo. It's hard to say your name with Rolo it, Rolo Deze. Rolo Rolo Deze. Yeah. Really enjoyed the New Yokio commentary for the Record Vampire Weekend is pretty fire. I would recommend Modern Vampires. I think it's interesting how stoic characters like Sasuke or Joker become. <laughs> Hold on, wait. Can I just note you nonchalantly, boringly reading over this person's recommendation for Vampire Weekend's album? It was like you're like, there's no question here. Fuck Vampire Weekend. <laughs> I don't know anything about Vampire I, Weekend. I know, but I love how like, you were reading through it. You're like, eh, fuck this. It just went into the question. <laughs> I think it's interesting how stoic characters like Sasuke or Jotaro become far better characters whenever they're put in the mentor figure role, i.e. in Boruto and Jojo Part 4. Can you think of any other characters that could be improved with a role change? Hmm. I would like a Shiki in Food Wars infinitely more if he just was a mentor role. Like, having him (laughs) as the cooking role right now, I think he's far less interesting like that than he is as just a mentor character. It does seem as though like the shortcomings of some characters in Food Wars have been exposed from being in this team Shokugeki uh, because so many of them, there was all this mystery and intrigue around them. And now that we've gotten like to see what they can actually do, a number of them have disappointed. It's like, oh, what is this glasses girl in, in, in on the in the Council of Ten do? She gets beaten yeah. by Soma and she's just kind of pathetic and just you know has a weird kind of pseudo love interest relationship with Ishiki and... She's really not all that impressive, honestly. It's yeah, pretty lackluster all around. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, beyond that, oh God, I don't know. Um, I'm, and nothing's going to spring to mind. I do like your answer on Ashiki, though. I totally agree on it. Gotcha. All right. Well, thank you for the question there, Satellite of Love. Much appreciated, even though Nick shit all over your Vampire Weekend recommendation. I won't also listen to it, so take that to heart. Both of us don't care. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, no, I'm sure it's great. Uh, Questions here for me. Didn't give it It a name. It says sincerely me at the end, so yeah. I was hoping I wouldn't have to get this one. All right. Dear Y Roller Califragilistic Expialidocious and Rolloing in the Deep. Whew, I got through the Califragilistic Espiosus You one. did it perfectly. Good job. So yeah. I tried it like three times practice beforehand and fucked it up every time. Oh. So I nailed it at time accounts. And then I just gave nothing to the Rolo Teen in the deep. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, first question here. You were very harsh in your freeze interview of it. While I don't disagree with you, one thing I do remember is that the initial response to the series itself from anime and manga fans was actually fairly positive. And it wasn't until the much derided arc with Star- uh, Satellizer's brother, Lewis, that opinion really started to turn against it. So I was curious... Did you think prior to that arc, the series was decent or at least better? It was at least better. (laughs) It was still bad. It was just a different scale of bad. At the start, it was just like a shameless fan service-y kind of series that just mixed in a lot of like gore with it. So it just felt like like the Mayo Tomei kind of thing where it's just like, oh, it's like big boobied fucking battle chick school series thing mm-hmm. but then included a lot of decapitation and dismemberment and stuff that was like that's strange but whatever but then when it got to the stuff with lewis you're like oh this is a whole different level of bad and wrong even before that i mean like you know it was a lot of weird school bullying kind of stuff going on uh made you question how the academy was supposed to work because none of the students seemed to want to actually you know work together to defend the world um 
but there was some interesting stuff about it in terms of the way that the bonds, uh, you know, between the support and the fighters would work uh, and how that was tied to their emotional connection. That's an interesting idea. Uh, but then, yeah, it gets to the whole thing where, you know, oh, and then also uh, up until that point, you didn't know that Satellizer, you know, had that history because uh, you know, there's the stuff with sexual abuse with Satellizer. So, you know, it's like, OK, you know, there was a, some emotional trauma that has to be overcome there. And then you find out all that stuff about her brother and then she just forgives him. And it's just like, OK, well, fuck you then. Mm-hmm. So it's a damning moment like no series could endure that kind of thing and then still be good afterwards so but still apparently could be successful though it has a spinoff yep uh question two listening to your old episodes it seemed like you were going on it seemed like when they were going on you disliked naruto's final arc a lot more than bleach's final arc however you seem to talk more positively of naruto after the series ended than you do of bleach after it ended i could be completely misreading your thoughts but i'm wondering if i'm reading your opinions right i was curious what caused this apparent change did you think naruto's final arc was better in retrospect or did you think it's ending being better than bleach helped it put it ahead of bleach i think that uh well Naruto's final arc was the first bad, uh, you know, final arc that we went through on the podcast. Uh-huh. Um, I think that the only series that we had finished before that point that had been really long running was uh, was Bakuman, which we were pretty overall quite satisfied with, I think. Uh, after that point, we had Bleach and we had Fairy Tail and Toriko. Toriko's final arc was not as bad as any other. Thing. No, but I, I just want so, to note that we had yeah, that in there. Yeah, that's great. So if we had been, if we had, you know, read all of them and then talked about them, or you know, read Bleaches and then read Naruto's, I think that we're, there would have been a lot of well, it's not as bad as Bleaches. <laughs> Context can really make it seem a certain way, and also the experience of going through Naruto probably numbed us a little bit to going through uh, Bleaches and Fairy Tales. Well. Even even fairy tales seemed bad by comparison to the others. So I think it also helps the last chapter itself of Naruto was mm-hmm. really good as opposed to Bleach's and fairy tales, which were horrendous. So mm-hmm. you can get a lot better of a taste of the series if like your final sampling of it's a really good one as opposed to one where you're like none of this makes sense. Why is Chad a boxer? The ending was the ending of any particular work is going to leave a lasting impression on you more than anything else. So it's. <laughs> That definitely has affected the way that we remember it. That it had a very nice send off. Mm-hmm. So, uh, totally get what you mean, though. Like uh, we had so much bad stuff to say about the Kaguya fight, and then Naruto and Sasuke after that, and Sasuke just apparently faces no jail time. And <laughs> <laughs> so, what are you gonna do? Uh, question three on the subject of Naruto's final arc. I agree that Kaguya felt like she came out of nowhere. Mostly felt like a waste of space. But I also noticed that Naruto ended on a very even number of 600. Do you think Kishimoto included Kaguya in order to pad out the chapter count to reach that number? Or do you think that's too cynical of a view? I mean, you could have also just Mio made the Madara fight and the Sasuke fight longer. Yeah, I think... I th- Here's the thing. The Kaguya thing didn't come out of 100% nowhere. Very thematically, she did tie to the ultimate theme of naruto which is this idea of cycle of hatred and and war and what it leads to over and over again and naruto's generation trying to be the first one to put like a, a real stop to that so she did fit into all of that in like an overall long lineage of the entire world of naruto i mean she wasn't as effective as the fact that madara was also there and you could even put obito in like that same level 
but she did fit thematically, and there were clues to her existence. They did state long before she showed up that there was, like, a magical spirit that was the genesis of all chakra and everything like that. So she didn't completely come out of nowhere. She just came out of nowhere after already having two boss changes on us. Yeah. So she came in that way. I I, I don't think she came out out of nowhere to pad to a, a perfect number. I think that is a weird way to look at it because it's a really arbitrary goal to even when you think about it. It's not as though... Well, that's what the manga does, though. It does, and there is a level to that, but I, I doubt there was... Maybe there was something in Kishimoto's contract that said if you get to 600 chapters, you get a particular bonus or something like that. I don't know if manga's incentivized in that way. Is that just like, if you get to, to at least 600 chapters, I'll blow you under this table. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, it's something like that, but I, I think, like, I doubt it's something that it just came in because they're like, I want to reach 600, because there are other ways to do that, as Nick said. Yeah, um... I think that also it might have had to do with uh, he knew that um, they were going to do Boruto uh, mm. by that point. He certainly he certainly knew because of the way that the series ends with introducing Boruto. So by that point, there were probably already some plans in place to have a series. And maybe he wanted that so that they could spin off into, you know, the Aratsuchi clan so that they could do extra stuff with it. Apparently, Kishimoto you know, also made a point that he wasn't sure how Madar would be beaten during the Jump Fiesta. So, partially, I guess, maybe it was to make a villain that was more easily yeah. beaten. I mean, if that's keep the it, case, too. But Yeah, keep in mind that, yeah, uh, manga, a lot of the time, they are they start off and don't have an ending in mind. Um, so, I don't think that... Uh, I think there was probably a combination of different factors. And I think that ending on 600 was a very deliberate goal set around... Uh, the time that it was winding down. Mm-hmm. Uh, question four. At the start of the Prince of Tennis review, Nick discussed how it was because of his anger at Prince of Tennis they started doing reviews, which led him to things like meeting his girlfriend and doing the podcast. He says he could never really like the series because if not for that, those things in his life wouldn't have happened. Uh, I think he means not like the series. Uh, but it's no, 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 no. Like if, if I... If I had liked the series, oh, then I okay. wouldn't have had the hatred to start to do the review and stuff. Right, right. But it seems to me that if you step back a little, it means that a Prince of Tennis never existed, or if it had been good, he wouldn't have reviewed it, and none of that would have happened. Do you have any level of begrudging respect for the manga on that basis? No, for the for the reason I just explained. Okay, there we go. I can't like it because if I had liked it, then like it's it's something that is driven into the core of my personality. But like, you're glad no. it exists. I'm glad that I can hate it. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Uh, question five. Sometimes you need to have a, like some, you know, a, a thing to project your negativity onto, you guys. Need, it's healthy. Like you I'm, need I'm, a Newman. I mean, I mean that legitimately, seriously. Like if you have something that you can uh, take your rage out on in a healthy way, it can be good for you instead of keeping it bottled up inside and never having a, a means of letting it out. Um, you know. It, even if you do something like, you know, let loose while you're playing a video game and get and get really worked up and angry over it. Sometimes that just, you know, helps you. So uh, my friend Randy, who you know, uh, his wife is also a Giants fan. And he used to tell me that whenever the Giants would lose, she would go to the garage and just beat the shit out of a boxing, uh, like a, a boxing bag for like an hour as her way of like getting out the stress <laughs> and anger over it. So, yeah, it's, it's healthy. Thing. Yeah, it absolutely <laughs> is. You want to get good ways to get that out. Um, question five, some of the series WMR has hated the most, such as Today Love Starts or Japanese Spider-Man, were only possible for you to read due to fan scanlations. Do you have any kind of em- uh, enmity? That's not how you pronounce it, is it? Enmity. 
enmity. I don't know why it feels weird. Uh, or frustration towards the people who translated those hated series, either because you wouldn't have to suffer to them if they left them untouched, or because you wish they had spent their efforts on translating better series. <laughs> That's a very interesting question. Like, I thought you were going to get into like the the morality. No. <laughs> <laughs> of of of, of scanning stuff like no <laughs> don't you wish they had spent doing something better <laughs> uh here's the thing no i i'm actually very glad that they they did it for those series because here's the thing i don't like dealing in the hypotheticals of unknown unknowns uh i like the idea of just we deal with what we get and go off that and part of the reason we do weekly manga recap and we take recommendations is so we can experience different things so Yes, uh, in an optimistic, perfect world, maybe we would want something better than Japanese Spider-Man or Today Love Starts. But in the world we live in, having those series gives us a context to have better informed opinions on series and just to have fun episodes like that, too. So, no, I'm I'm fine with them having done that. I'm glad you think that the series where Nick got really angry are fun. <laughs> <laughs> hey, some of us had to have fun with that, right? <laughs> Uh, six, uh, hashtag Ray is the best WMR original character. I'd phrase that as a question, but it's so blatantly factual, I can't. Uh, thank you for that. My Thanks. Book is that we could turn Space Torbjorn into someone equally as, as amusing for everybody. He might never show up again, but in my heart, he's my new favorite. I, I also really like, uh, uh, an old favorite, uh, Little, Ho- Little Hoey Jones. <laughs> I'm a scamp! <laughs> Kill all humans! Kill humans! <laughs> Uh, number seven is, uh, October 2017, October Q&A, where Lt. mentioned he was playing Phoenix Wright Spirit of Justice. He was midway through the fourth case and didn't particularly care for it. As he probably finished it by this point, I'm wondering, did his opinion on it decrease? No, because I did not finish it. I actually got really bored and stopped playing it. Oh. <laughs> uh, it, it's not a, a, like, firm indictment, like, of anger on the series. I played Spirit of Justice primarily when I went through the q or when I was on the plane ride to Spain and back. Uh, and that was eight hours each way. And when I came back, I had finally like put an end to at least part of it. And then eventually I just reached a point where I hadn't picked, like I don't kind of over, like I burned out on, on it after a while. The fourth case was not very good and it's so Japanese centric. Like it's all about Japanese comedy. And even though they're translating it the best way they can, there's just nuance you're not getting. So it's like. It's like, oh, yeah, those are donuts. Sure thing for kids. Like, it's just that level of, like, it just can't translate the way they're doing it. And it just didn't work for me particularly well. Which is a shame, because it was Athena's only case as Lee uh, Defendant. And I was really bummed that that case wasn't more amusing. But, I don't know, can't help it. I need to finish Mm -hmm. at some point. Uh, Question eight here. Of all the series you conclude while you're recapping them, what was your favorite and least favorite? I believe I have a full list of those series here. Uh, There's a couple that are missing, but I mean, there are some like jump starts, for example, that uh, ran all the way through in the English jump. So, but uh, I think my favorite on that list is Gakuyohote, though. Mm. I'm not sure if they mean the favorite and least favorite ending or just series in general. I think just the series in general mm. of the series uh, right on there will be your favorite and least favorite. <laughs> Gakuhote was definitely at least my favorite to talk about uh, yeah. out of those because we would do you know the Phoenix Wright stuff and basically ended up doing uh, W. Marlowe's because of that. Yeah, um, Barrage I will always hold a very very fond place in my heart for, and I'm glad I'm so glad that uh, Horikoshi has a mega hit now. Yes. Uh, after that, Cross Man uh, was great. Yeah, and uh, and uh, all you need is kill. 
probably, I guess my probably still the best. Movie. Probably still the best um, manga adaptation live action movie ever. Yeah. <laughs> I guess my least favorite on that list is Fairy Tale. Though that's not to make it sound like Fairy Tale is the worst series ever, but it's just like on that list, most of the series I at least really enjoyed or okay with. Fairy Tale was the only one I was like meh on. So Stealth Symphony. Uh, question nine: Were there too many questions to email? No, we get some with much more. And ten: yeah. How about now? Yeah, you you overpushed it with that. You one. pushed your luck. Yeah, blocking. You got digits, yeah. I'm blocking your emails from now on. Fuck me. you, me. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, this is from Andre Golden. Dear Y, the ruler of Weeby News and Nicobe T. Nico B. Nick, come on. We can't be Nico Beat. Yeah. Nico Beat. Okay. I get it. I I nearly like fainted when you said Nico. I was like Nick. We can't do this. We can't be an anime podcast that calls it Ni- Nico. I'm not that much of a weeb, guys. Sorry. <laughs> My question for you two amazing handsome gentlemen. Oh, okay, is the form of your own supervillain revenge squad, and not just limited to manga villains, but villains from different media. Uh, for example, Amon from Legend of Korra. Who would be on your team? And what person would they go after? <laughs> you made this too open. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I made a team for this. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> All right, let's hear it, Chris. I made... I'm not thinking of a villain team. I'm sorry. That, <laughs> you gave me too many fucking choices. <laughs> I made up Team Cannavale, which is made up of different characters Bobby Cannavale has played throughout his career. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's Chip Persetti for Boardwalk Empire. Von Pelt from the new Jivanji movie. <laughs> Lewis the Clown from several episodes of Modern Family. <laughs> and Frankie the Bulldog from the Nut Job 2 Nutty by Nature. And their target is to go after everybody who didn't watch vinyl when it was on HBO. <laughs> no one's going to enjoy this joke as much as I will, but to me, this is glorious. <laughs> Oh, God. All right. <laughs> All right. So next question here. This is from Redbane. And Redbane has Oh, my God. A, such a long email. <laughs> well, here's the thing. There's a very long amount of information here that is to detail a lot of information about love in literature throughout time. Very historical kind of recollection of it, which is very interesting. It is very cool, but it is also very long. So I can't read through all of that. However, there is a question here that I had before. Ah, here we go. Uh, Sorry. Um, This is what brings me to my question. Why is it so much recent popular fiction, manga in particular, writers who are seemingly skilled in most other aspects of fiction, characterization, drama, pacing, often fail to write on the subject of love convincingly? Um, I can uh, cite a good deal for what you recap in your five years, et cetera, et cetera, like giving different examples about like how, you know, Dragon Ball, Chi Chi never gets anything. Oda's made it a joke about never writing romance. So why is it that recent popular fiction and manga writers who are skilled at everything else just can't seem to write love convincingly? It might just have to do with the fact, and I'm not saying that uh, mangaka uh, have no experience in love, but maybe they just can't relate to a certain type of romantic story. It was a, it's a, it's a one of the big things that people will poke holes into uh, Harry Potter for is the fact that the romantic elements are kind of lacking in comparison to the rest of it, the humor and just the general sense of adventure and wonder of everything. Probably because J.K. Rowling was never a teenage boy. 
and doesn't know what it's like to be a teenage boy experiencing love for the first time. So she thinks of stuff like it's as if there's a monster inside of him that wants to fuck girls, you know. Um, <laughs> so I think that that's it is that, you know, like a lot of the more popular kinds of protagonists to have and stuff like the to have that kind of a character fall in love. I don't think I think that in that even if you have that sense of like, you know, youth and adventure and, and stuff like that, you probably never you, a lot of the authors have probably never actually experienced romance from the point of view of that type of character. Um, so there are certain things that they understand about that type of character, but just not that. I think a part of it, too, is we're talking about shonen battle manga and most of these examples of Naruto Bleach One Piece. And I understand that's just not marketably the re- thing you try to go for in those series. You know, the shonen jump has not really thrived off of battle shonen manga that have had strong romantic elements to the series. So when you're creating a series, you create cool powers, you create interesting antagonists, you create big worlds. But there's not really an emphasis to build a romantic lead character kind of relationship because it's just not what people really get into. I mean, I'm sure there are other aspects, too. Maybe that's just a lot of mangaka don't really have much of an interest in writing romance. They don't maybe have much of a passion for it. So that strikes through from their kind of like half-hearted romances. But I think a biggest part of it's probably just the fact it's just not marketable. It's just not really what that magazine and genre, demographic, whatever you want to call it, kind of thrives off of. Mm-hmm. So thank you very much, Red Bane, for this, because, again, this is an extremely interesting discussion that you provide with a lot of historical examples. Uh, but uh, we unfortunately don't have time to read through all of it. This I research appreci- paper gets an A, though. Yes, but I appreciate your question very much. It is very mm-hmm. good. Uh, so, yeah, next question. All right. This next one comes from Thank You Based James. Dear Nikki Styles and Ooh. The quintessential stud muffin. Finally, Chris. everyone knows. Ugh. Ugh. From Allentown to Bombay, all the ladies say that when they hear me on the podcast, it's the highlight of their day. Larios. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Happy and determined date in 2018. I have questions. This is mostly directed at Chris. Yeah. For whatever reason, when I read the chapter in, in My Hero Academia, or a- Academia where uh, Overhaul and Shigaraki agree to join forces, in my head, they sound like Stringer Bell and Mario Stanfield. Yeah, I, <laughs> I decided to go with and have been giving characters in the series the voice of characters from The Wire, but I'm stumped on who should have the voices of Bunk and Bubbles. Do you have any suggestions? So I tried Bubbles for a while, but I couldn't think of one. But I have two answers for Bunk. Because Bunk is two different kinds of characters depending on his level of sobriety. So you get regular sober Bunk, who's very much just like the fuck, fuck, motherfucker, fuck, that kind of one. That one's Principal Nezu, the little hamster gerbil <laughs> principal. That's him. But then you get drunk Bunk, who's at the bar, who's just like, hey, Lester, what's the plural of pussy? Pussy! Rub them toes together. And that's Mineta. <laughs> So that makes more sense at least. <laughs> well, the first one's just cool. That's where I'm like, yeah, little gerbil's got that cool voice. But the second one, when I was watching, sees a bunk drunk in the bar, like, what are you teeth together? I was like, oh, that's that's Mineta. He was a black Baltimore detective <laughs> who gets way too drunk. <laughs> oh god, I'm still stuck on season three of oh. the Wire. <laughs> Oh, gosh. 
Number two, if that intro wasn't obvious enough, I was a big fan of ECW when I was a kid. If Shonen Jump was an indie wrestling promotion, I would like to know, who would you push as the main face and heel? Which character do you think would be the most popular undercard wrestler? You signed Bray Wyatt to be a commentator. Who are you partnering him with? <laughs> I love this question. If only for that aspect. Because it wasn't... Why would we put fucking Bray Wyatt a <laughs> That's what I love. It's not the Bray Wyatt You really want to listen to a three-hour Bray Wyatt promo. <laughs> That's what I love. Here's Aaron's thing. Because this is... I have a whole thing. We're going to make Luffy the face. Katagari's uh, the Dec- heel. And we're going to do a fight forever thing between them. I, that's Dec- just... Deku could be... Would probably be one of the more popular undercard wrestlers. Because he's got an underdog written all over him. I, 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 put, uh, I put Megumi in there. She's like super popular but just can't get over like over yeah yeah home. yeah uh my big pay-per-view i called jump saga i was like i just want to oh, put good like, stuff yeah kinda something like but with commentary i was like this is fucking glorious so my commentary team's bray wyatt with <laughs> rizu ogata so he's <laughs> <laughs> so like he's so, not stop like, gibberish and she's <laughs> just factual like i don't understand what you mean and he's like i've always been there with you inside of you how, is this, how is this possible have you been present ever since the big bang which causes the beginning <laughs> of the universe yes he's like i am the big bang and i am the eater of world she's like well it does look like you eat quite a lot but i don't know if that makes you the eater of worlds like galactic also how are you eternal i can see on here on your <laughs> I can see here on your birth certificate that your name is not Bray Wyatt, and in fact, you were born less than thirty years ago. <laughs> just, I love the idea of like the two polar opposites of that. Like, if I have Bray Wyatt on commentary and he's going to be spitting gibberish for three hours, I need the most factually straight-laced person possible with him. You imagine like she's commentating on stuff and she and she's just like Monkey D. Luffy throws a punch, but he did not actually connect. He stomped on the floor in order to make the sound as if he were actually punching them in the face. <laughs> Everyone's just like, I have always been here within your minds. You all my followers, even if you do not realize it. Like not even he talk- never talks about the match. <laughs> he never speaks about the match or storyline. He only breaks character to do promotions. He's like, I am the eater of worlds. And I also, when I'm not eating worlds, like to enjoy Skittles. Fruity, fruity Skittles. Fruity Skittles. Delicious. Fruity, fruity, fruity Skittles. <laughs> Jump Sog is brought to you by Yu Yu Hakusho. I love this guy. <laughs> Comes back, he's just like Yu Yu Hakusho was another of the people I have stolen the essence of for my army. <laughs> my army, by the way, which left clear faces thanks to Clear Cell Acne Wash. Clear Cell. <laughs> and don't forget to buy the network, $9.99. <laughs> Even Bray knows a good deal when he sees one. If you haven't gotten a Shonen Jump subscription, you're an idiot! <laughs> that was the most awkward part of the network promotions. They were just like, if you're paying full price for, for the pay-per-view, you're an idiot! <laughs> you dummy! <laughs> Why are you giving us more money? <laughs> you idiot! You big stupid fool! Oh, God. I, I gotta stop before so I can actually keep breathing. <sighs> Thank you, Bass James, for your questions, because that was a great way. To- <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Bass James. 
All right. Got a question here. Oh, God. The World Trigger Podcast, who says, hello, please accept our pizza bet so World Trigger will return Agent Larios and still unable to get a ranking Freeman. Uh, it says, due to the ongoing hiatus, Agent Matt M. tried to watch Black Clover anime. Needless to say that after about three weeks in a coma and a month in Borders recovery, he actually found something <laughs> worth in the show. Uh, Zerx Lugner was hinted at. If a research shows, in the manga, page three of the Black Clover shows the trap magic outside of the female dorms. Does this mean that there are more instances of Long Kong foreshadowing in this? Uh, I'm sure that there are. Uh, people have told us, for example, that uh, Henry uh, was actually shown in in the background of some shots. Uh, we just don't pay close enough attention because Black Clover isn't very good to us. Mm. Um it, it, honestly, I think that at some point when I have the time, which maybe never, uh, that I'm, I'm probably going. I should probably try to go back and read Black Clover uh, from the start um, to give myself some additional perspective on the series. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm sure there are more instances of Long Con Fortune, especially because Black Clover has a decent amount of time to set things up in the anime now that the manga has gone through a pretty long amount of runtime. Like it could foreshadow gordon and gray maybe a little bit more they could even it probably has done too much animation at this point to to put in what larry or whoever the fuck the dude inside the the house is but henry, henry. <laughs> I, it's a, i don't know i don't i don't care but they could probably yeah tease that more i don't know anyway should you accept our pizza bet world trigger returns after june 4th 2008 but before december 2018 sorry 2018 but before december 2018 we will buy you a pizza with three toppings do you accept yes because this agreement seems to not result in any way that i have to get a free pizza <laughs> or i give a free pizza so yes i will accept this pizza bet What's yeah? What's the other end of the pizza? I don't care. It sounds like if I accept yeah. this deal, I get World Trigger back sometime in 2018 and a pizza with three toppings. And if it doesn't happen, nothing seems to come as a consequence as a result. So yes, I will take this deal. So thank you, the World Trigger Podcast, for your <laughs> question and also presumably for a free pizza this year. <laughs> All right. Next up comes from Satellite of Love. Dear, why rolling time with a carrot-nosed roll-up? Hey, let me try this thing. Try again. Dear, why rolling time with a carrot-nosed roll-up? <laughs> that was excellent. Uh, All right, this to... fucking question. Oh, you've got the, you, you have something for this? I did. I wrote. I didn't get to a lot of other questions after this. I spent so much fucking time on this stupid question. There's no way I could have answered this question because I don't know enough about The Simpsons. <laughs> if you had to give a Christmas gift to every current Shonen protagonist, Osamu Yuma included, what item from The Simpsons universe would you give to each? Yeah, you're a what motherfucker. What item from The Simpsons universe? <laughs> you're a motherfucker, Satellite. I don't. <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> Um, the, I only way, the only I, thing that I can answer for this, I might as well go first because I have very little. The only thing that I could probably name is I would give Luffy a rib witch. Like, that's all I can think of. Well, that's even from um, just the McDonald's thing. No, that that's uh, not a rib. No, that's a McRib. Rib witch is from Simpsons. Yeah, but it's the same sort of thing. I know. Okay, well, that's fair. I, I, so here's the thing. I didn't get all... Nine of them. I got six, all right? So I didn't fucking come up with one for Osamu, Asta, and Melodius. And some of these aren't great, but fuck you. I came up with as much as I fucking could with your stupid-ass questions. This is maybe the last time I ever do one like this, all right? So Deku, I gave a copy of Radioactive Man number one. 
cool. Soma, I gave Tomaco, which is the one where uh, Homer accidentally mixed tobacco and tomato seeds together because Soma would probably come up with something stupid and crazy for that. Uh, Senku, I gave a crayon as evidence in the episode where Homer found out he was really super intelligent as a kid because he pushed a crayon up into his brain. So Senku could get that, push it up into his brain and become even smarter. So congratulations. Uega, I give a vial of Simpsons and Sun Revitalizing Tonic, which was a big, basically, uh, aphrodisiac. It basically got people super hot and bothered and have sex all the time, so it solves his problem right there. Boom, done. Emma gets Lisa Sachs because she needs something good and fucking nice in her life. And Luffy, Luffy got the 16-pound sirloins-a-lot steak for the Simpsons episode where Homer goes to a steakhouse, eats a giant steak, can't finish it, but the trucker who did it alongside him dies, and thus Homer takes over his truck-driving operation until he finds out trucks are all robotically driven and the entire truck-driving federation tries to go after and kill him. Also, Lisa and Marge have a subplot where their doorbell doesn't work and they get a new one and they can't get it to stop doing the fucking song. I hated this question, Nick, but I gave it my all. God damn it. Early Simpsons is amazing, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's just take a question from Andre Cole. Everything after this, I I don't even know if I got to. (laughs) I I don't blame you. (laughs) Oh, uh, it's fine. Sorry. Uh, Dear Josuke Higashikita. I don't Higashikita? I don't know actually. Higashikata. Higashikata. The ruler of Crazy Diamond and Yoshikaga Kirati. I recently watched the Infinity Wars trailer and that inspired me to ask you this question. If you had the Infinity Wars gauntlet, what would you do with it? You can do basically anything with the Infinity Gauntlet, right? To my knowledge, I honestly don't know much about like I know the gems represent certain things. I don't know if you're supposed to have complete mastery over them. Like if you have both reality and time and space, you would be unstoppable. But people have stopped Thanos before, so there must be like some limitation to it or something like that. But yeah, I guess so. You're pretty pretty fucking powerful. <clears throat> um So here's a weird answer. I, I would use it in order to solve all the world's problems for a week. And then I would give it up. Okay. Uh, basically because I don't want to rule over the world as a tyrant and force things to be a certain way. But I would give everyone a taste of how great things could be. And then I would just like, and I'm just going to step away from this and give it up now. That's very admirable of you. I'd use it to go forward in time to go see Avengers Infinity War now. (laughs) (laughs) The fucking South Park answer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Oh, gosh. Oh, (laughs) all right. We got, um... Got one from Carito Prime here. Uh, hello, Nick. What does the Y stand for? It stands for Yowie. What? Oh, wait. Hold on. He changed our names. Yeah. And Chris, rolling on that sweet fanfiction, uh, Dow Freeman. It is I, Carito of the Primes, with another set of questions. Today is December. That means you guys are answering this in June. <laughs> hey, how dare you? We're actually pretty close. Uh, let's see here. Pregunta numero uno. It is a law of the fandom that when a series gets popular enough, fans will start making gay ships for the characters. So I was wondering, in all the series you guys have recapped, has there ever been a gay ship that you think could have worked? I'm not asking if you think that they could have gotten together in the actual series since Japan and all that, but if you think that there were two characters that you think would have been good for each other. P.S. Deku X Todoroki for life. I don't know. I, I barely fan ship as it is, and most of mine are jokes. 
So uh, I guess Zoro and Sanji could be pretty good for each other. <laughs> I mean, their their kids would be hot. <laughs> They hate each other, though. <laughs> yeah, but they hate each other in the way where, you know... Sanji's super straight. <laughs> yeah, but if they weren't, you know, they'd, they'd fuck hot, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's the best I got. All right, fine. Then. Yamamoto and Sasakiba were clearly made for each other, Chris. Fuck yeah. <laughs> they had a deep connection that nobody understood until Sasakiba was dead. <laughs> man, and what a connection that was. It's so, oh, man, the, the stuff that they would talk about, especially Sasakiba, you couldn't get him to shut up. Mm. Question, uh, question numero deux. I have always hated Bakugo. I will admit he has his funny moments, but his rage is very off-putting. Plus, as a man who tried to kill himself and thankfully failed in a pretty spectacular fashion, I will never forgive that his introduction to the series was telling a 14-year-old to go kill himself. Are there any characters in Mangali personally hate, but everyone else seems to like or love? Yes. That's how he got started. Hating Sasuke and Echizen. Ah, true. So, there you go. Yes. (laughs) Uh... I don't have because generally when like characters commit crimes in manga, for the most part, I'm willing to like overlook them just based on my own experience. Like being raised Catholic, it was very much like forgive and forget because you'll fuck up too at some point. There's obviously some where I don't like Lewis and you know freezing and things like that. Like characters, you're like these ones are just fucking abhorrent people. But honestly, like not for any moral reason, I fucking can't stand Urza and people love the shit out of her. So, yeah, it's, that's the hill I die on where I'm just like, fuck your Urza. She sucks. And everyone's like, you're a d- dork. I don't like you. I don't know. I'm a little off kilter today, Nick. Kevin Smith almost died. Yep. He's he's fine now. He's good. Fraud numero tre. Or however the hell you say that, and I don't know German. Sorry. You've been receiving a lot of Power Rangers themed questions. So I want to ask if you could get powers slash suit slash morpher of any common writer, uh, which would you choose and why? I have always thought that uh, common writer Oja from uh, Dragonite or Ryuki uh, was uh, really cool. Uh, and he steals other people's and combines them into a super monster. So, uh, Which common writers were the Beetleborgs? Uh, they weren't common writers. Uh, then I have no answer for this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> which VR troopers? <laughs> no, which VR troopers? A common writer? None of them. Shit. <laughs> which which superhuman samurai cyber squad members? A common writer. <laughs> which tattooed teenage alien fighter from Beverly Hills? No, wait, Nick. You're saying none of these were common writers? <laughs> Fuck! Which which one of the Mighty Ducks from the cartoon series are common writers? Activate, activate. All right. Uh, that's the end of that email. Uh, all right, cool. So, questionnaire from Andre Golden says, "Dear Giorno Giovanna, the ruler of gold experience, and Diavolo T." If you could own any vehicle from any form of fiction, what would it be? For example, the Thousand Stunny, the Boatmobile, or the Batmobile, the Boatmobile, the Batmobile, USS Enterprise, the TARDIS, etc. Any form of transportation. Any form of transportation. Part of, part of me wants to say the Enterprise because didn't it like have a thing that could just make shit and I could just make the other things I want out of it? Like just make a Thousand Sunny and then yeah, have that. Yeah, that replicator, yes. So 
that's cheating though. So I'd probably say, I mean, I don't know how I'd use it, but like having like the Millennium Falcon be super sweet, um, Thousand Sunny would be great, but I don't, I don't go to the ocean at all. So I'd never get the chance to really use it. Um, ooh, you actually know what I want? I want the speeder bike from Star Fox Dinosaur Planet, whatever it was fucking called, Star Fox Adventures, because that thing was fun as shit. It was super cool to play, and I'd race around everywhere with that shit. Also, just an X-Wing, I guess, too. X-Wings would be super cool. Or not X-Wing, <clears throat> R-Wing. Uh, let's see. Uh, D-Wheel uh, from uh, UEF5Ds, maybe. Uh, but honestly, real answer for a lazy fuck like me would probably actually just be the TARDIS. Um, you don't because... go through time at all with it. You just use it don't to get from point A to point A. B. Exactly. Just use it to teleport. So I never have to <laughs> do any travel time. Uh, it's really small. Uh, so you don't have to pay rent on it or anything. Uh, you just, you know, move into it. Um, so, yeah. I, I love the idea that you were handed one of those powerful things in existence. You could and, travel through time. And, and you, you use it for the most base function of it. All right, going to work. I'm here. <laughs> it's like someone handed you a remote that could do everything in your house and you solely use it to turn on your television. You're like, it can set your alarm. It could cook food for you. It could clean your bathroom. You're like, I just use it to turn on the TV. <laughs> I'm still just as lazy. <laughs> You literally just have to push two buttons to clean your bathroom. Eh. Are those two? Too messy. <laughs> is it the same button that turns on the TV? No. All right, I'm done. It's too much work to learn how to work this thing. <laughs> They're like the button's called clean bathroom, and it's shaped like a toilet. You're like, it but it's great. all the it's all the way down there. On the road. <laughs> <laughs> it's right next to the turn TV button. Sometimes you accidentally hit it. Yeah. Hey, can you give me? Can you get me a sandwich? There is a button that will get you a sandwich. Yeah, but can you get it for yeah, me? Can you get it, though? <laughs> <laughs> chop, chop, person. <laughs> All right. Uh, this comes from Jack Lebrano. Dear Y and T, despite not being a Sonic fan, I absolutely love the infinite theme for Sonic Forces, doing to it being the most hilariously pretentious 14-year-old edgy song. That is, was my impression of it as well. Yes. Uh, I have uh, that I've ever listened to. I wonder between Okiora, Shigaraki, Todoroki, and Sasuke, which would jam this in their bedroom nonstop to prove that they're too dark for this world? Uh, I think that it wouldn't be Todoroki. It would be Tokoyami who would be using that. Tokoyami would play that all the fucking time. Yeah, I think it'd be all about it. I I didn't get the chance to listen to this one, though, unfortunately, before the show, so... It's lame as fuck. I, oh, it's, <laughs> not, it's not a good, like, Crush 40 style one. I've, I've listened like to a couple of songs from the Sonic Forces track, and there's some good ones in there, but yes. yeah, I can see some. There's some, usually some good music in Sonic games. Yeah. All right. Thank you for the question there, Jack mm-hmm. Lebrano. Uh, let's move on to one here. This is from Name Not In Here. So. Uh, hello, Nick and Chris. I'm a long-time listener, first-time email sender. I have a few questions for you. One, I am a new Black Clover watcher. I got in through the anime. And I was wondering, the manga has developed a wall, a well of infinite bullshit like the Sharingan. Or if you can see the thing that makes this not a Naruto clone is its ability to stay somewhat true to the idea that hard work can beat talent theme. No. Um, Loser king. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. That is true to a certain extent. Asta is meant to be a very strong idea of that theme. 
And thus far, he's strayed a little bit from the idea of, like, hard work and be determination, but I'm also special problem, which a lot of other manga characters have run into. He still has that because he does have the, like, the Demon King inside of him, at least people theorize. You know, he clearly has something inside of him. Uh, so it's not 100% perfect because he is still special in his own way. But the Wizard King really did diverge from that idea because he, he was just born better than everybody else. So it's tough to say. I think it's still too early to say where Black Clover is going to fall onto that scale. Um, because again, like, you knows that same way as well. Like, he's also supposed to be an embodiment of that theme, but he was also born with the best fucking kind of book you can possibly get. So it's not a perfect example. Even the Black Bulls, you know, like, uh, Noelle was born with incredibly high mana. She just doesn't know how to control it. So there's a struggle there for her, but she's also blessed at the same time, too. You know, it's it's an odd assortment of characters there, and none of them perfectly fit the theme. But they'd also there's not as many that also kind of go against it. Like we haven't had a moment where Sasuke just learns everything Rock Lee did in one day or whatever. Uh, two, if you had the power to select a new captain for the Azure Deer, but the price is that Will takes the place of that character in his or her original manga. For so, for example, if we pick Luffy as the new captain, congratulations, fools! Will is now the star of One Piece. Who would you pick? Well, you see, you've made a fatal error with this question, which is that we can take a character that has a very, very minor role in their original series and then give them a, a bigger role in Black Clover mm-hmm. at the cost of making Real have a more minor role. So, uh, for example, I could put take a, like Mr. Tubon Clay and uh, make him the new captain of the Azure Deer. And oh, then God, no, Nick, Nick, he'll Rose. use his he's used his painting powers to defeat Magellan and take over Impel Down, and he leads a new group from Impel Down <laughs> as the fucking painting McDeer pirates. Or you could take uh, Real and replace him with Master Masculine, and Master Masculine is the captain of the Azure Deer, and then you just have another Grimmy in Bleach, which means that oh, he'll, he'll get defeated eventually. That's a good one. That's a real good one. Yeah, that's the one to go with. Master Masculine. Very good. Thank you for the question there. Good stuff. All right. This is uh, another one from uh, Andre Golden. Dear Sayaka Maizono, the ruler of music, and Leon Kuwata T, do you watch any of the Star Trek shows? Uh, yes. Um, I'm actually going through the original series right now uh, with Nicole um, because she's a big fan of that series, and so she's picking out uh, good episodes for us to watch. We are eventually also going to watch uh, the other ones. I have already seen good chunks of uh, Next Gen and uh, Deep Space Nine. No, I've never watched any Star Trek at all. It's like one of the few pieces of nerd culture I know nothing about. Mm. I, I know the stuff like from Osmosis that you pick up, like Luke and Picard and shit like that. But I know nothing about the shows. I still can't even tell you what Star Trek's about. Like, I know there's an Enterprise and the Federation. I don't know what the Federation does. I think they fight crime, but I'm not sure. (laughs) I think they solve mysteries. I don't know. (laughs) There's a talking dog. (laughs) Sometimes it's a talking shark. Like, it changes per season. There's always a talking thing on the ship, though. (laughs) You imagine every season a member of the bridge like they're going around you know catching up with all the cast there's data there's Jordy, there's Riker and Worf and Troy and then and sitting in the chair next to Picard oh captain he's an octopus wearing a starfleet you know? it's it's Jabber Jaws in the mini skirt outfit who's just like 
Captain Klingons on the camera. What do you think Jabberjaw sounds like? Chris? Fire torpedo. Well, they changed his voice in this one so people wouldn't know. He's a very versatile actor, Nick. He's not just a music playing a shark who's a curly impersonator. He also can do other voices. Like in another show, he's like also like a gritty Detroit cop, and he talks a little bit like Sylvester Stallone. His partner's a waffle maker, and he's just like. Oh, hey, Waffle Maker, we gotta go take down these guys. They're not gonna take us. Save for us. I ain't telling you nothing, okay? I ain't seen nothing. Also, are you a shark? <laughs> <laughs> I may be a species of water-based variety, but who's asking? Waffle Maker, close on his face and kill him. <laughs> waffle. Ah, <laughs> waffle. Talk, talk. <laughs> waffle Maker is the edgy bad cop. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm just a, uh, I'm just a, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the nice shark. I'm the good shark. But he's the bad cop. <laughs> then he hurls the waffle maker. <laughs> it's a perpetual unspoken question of whether waffle maker cop is actually sentient or if he just like strikes him at people. <laughs> That's what Jeffrey Jones uses to hurl a burning waffle maker that has a, a cop's hat and badge pinned to it. <laughs> like, it's just him at the meeting afterwards, like, Waffle Maker, if you fuck up one more time, you're out of here! Jeffrey Jones, like, is chewing him out. Chief, please, I stick up for him. Give him another chance. Waffle Maker, I'm doing this for you, buddy. You know you owe me one. So, tonight we're visiting my ex girlfriend's place, and I'm gonna chuck you at her fucking face. Like at the end of the episode, he comes home from working a case by himself. He finds his wife in bed with Waffle Maker. <laughs> she's How like, could you? She, you are my like, best friend. She's like, can we do this later? I need to put more burn cream on myself. Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't know how we got here. What was the question originally? All right, Star Trek shows. Yeah, no, I haven't watched any. <laughs> Michael Hurt. Oh, it's your roll. It's, it's your read. Oh, oh, fuck. Let's go for it. It's, it's your turn, isn't it? Is it? I thought it was mine. I thought uh, it was yours. It was a short one. I was doing mine. Hey, Chris, ro- Rolo Ting out the last batch of questions asked in 2017, even though they'll only be answered sometime in 2018, Larry asked. And Nick, why am I the ruler of time? You do not enter a race to lose. Pause. See, only a time ruler would get that as a reference to a Wonder Woman or a young adult book, Freeman. I have some questions for you. Shit, that was some deep cut. I know Chris said he gave up on doing his main Twitter account, but I was wondering if he was ever going to his weekly updates for the Ray and Emma Twitter accounts he made since I really found those really amusing. I would hope to see them going as long as the promised of land ran. Uh, I'm not the one who runs the Ray and Emma no. Twitter accounts. The, I think it's Brawla, and I'm not sure who ran the Ray one. I think maybe it's Carito? Or no, someone else who runs it. Lucky Swordsman? I'm not sure. If you go to it, it, I think it says who runs them. I don't remember 100% off the top of my head. If you want to go and if you look up the hashtag uh, Ray account, which is at one true Ray, then uh, no, that's not either of us. Yeah. So. <clears throat> huh. Anyway, uh, number two, I noticed someone just point out that Nick actually requested Doug Walker slash Nostalgia Kirk review the Disney Channel original movies all the way back in 2008, which he finally got to nine years later. Did you check those out since you requested them, Nick? Uh, and what is the weirdest old comment slash post you made on a message post years back that you remember someone or slash someone commented to you about? <sighs> the weirdest old comment or post that I made on a message board? I don't know about a message board. 
Um, I will tell you something related, though. Okay. Also, I don't even remember making that request all that time ago. Um, but uh, honestly, there's a bunch of bad movies in there, so I guess I'm not really surprised that he eventually got to them. <clears throat> um, the oldest thing that I can remember doing uh, when I was getting heavily into uh, internet culture was uh, going on the Wikipedia pages for Avatar The Last Airbender and getting really into editing them and writing episode summaries and stuff like that. And uh, dealing with uh, shippers who kept on adding in ship information on the pages and stuff. And we kept on telling them, like, this is for, like, you know, official known information. It's not the place for, like, fan theories or anything like that. Please talk about them somewhere else. And uh, this wasn't actually something that I wrote, but there was a girl who wrote this long comment on the discussion page, um, basically with different bits of quote unquote proof that Zuko and Katara were going to get together. Well, you were wrong then, weren't you? Oh, her her proof included such things as it would be thematically appropriate because they're like yin and yang, water and fire. Because that's, that's the foolproof relationship prover. When you're like, you guys have nothing that connects you except the fact you're opposites. That's the perfect, you're perfect for each other. You imagine like, you know, the South Park scene with, you know, like the Chewbacca defense. But instead, they're just like, listen, fire and water, yin and yang, Zuko and Katara belong together. You must acquit. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. QED. You're like, done. All right. This official Wikipedia is ready now mind that this was like in 2005 so i still very i still remember this and i'm that that's stuff like that is why i hated shippers for a long time afterwards i have since really mellowed out on them and i think just like whatever if you like a certain pairing cool go for but it. just don't get just don't get carried away with it basically <laughs> uh what the, about you Chris? remember old? a really old uh, uh, message board post or anything i remember i used to be a member of g4's forums back when that was still a thing like the early days of the G4 forums before tech TV merger and everything like that. And I remember they used to have a show on there called, I think filter was the name of it. It was like their top 10 show. And they used to take suggestions for a top 10 list down there. And I tried to post something, but I couldn't get my account to work. So I had to message a moderator and they posted it. And it sucks because I, I don't know if you would have gotten your name in the credits otherwise, but they did take one of my suggestions and made an episode in the top 10 funniest game uh, video games. And actually oh. put that out there. So I was always pretty happy that, like, I got to help create a piece of G4 content at some point. But, uh, yeah, no, I think that's, like, the most interesting thing I think of. Most of my time was just spent doing shitty role plays and dumb shit like that. I don't know. I was a dumb kid. It's always weird whenever that, uh, you know, happens where you're just like, oh, something I did actually showed up somewhere. Yeah. yeah. I mean, shit, my entire That Guy with the Glasses history is, like, a, a collection of just, like, I can't believe this has turned into something. <laughs> All right. Okay, and this is uh, number two, uh, number three. Yep. If there was going to be a cinematic universe of the My Hero Academia characters, which ones would you at least want to see a focus film on in a Phase One series of movies? <laughs> phase what? One. Okay. I don't know why this is so amusing to me. They're all in the same series, though. Like it would be like no, it, I think that if we were like if you were adapting My Hero Academia to 
you know, be like, you know, a set of films and then you would eventually draw them together and stuff. What I, characters? Would. I don't know. They're all kids who go to school together. Like it, I would have to like they'd all have to be separated or else they're all hanging out together in their own movies. Like it's like the Froggy movie or Froggy movie and everyone else is in there. and You're just like. I don't know. I, I like if they were older and they have their own thing, I guess. But otherwise, I'd be like, I don't know. All Might, Fat Gum, fucking yeah, uh, ectoplasm, I guess. I don't know. You definitely have to have one for All Might. I um, guess Endeavor has to have one, even though he's a dickhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aizawa. Uh, and, uh, of course, Gang Orca. Oh yeah, gang! Well, fuck! Holy shit! All right, so it's All Might, Gang Orca, all Fat Gum. Yeah, now I'm all over it. Gang Orca, Fat Gum, All Might. Fuck the All Might movie. It's Fat. It's or it's Gang Orca, Fat Gum, Gang Orca Two, Gang Orca Three. Like three quarters Gang Orca movies, and then you can see just Gang Orca and Fat Gum because we made too many Gang Orca movies. And then fuck it. Let's you know. Let's throw the chicks a bone. There's a Midnight movie. <laughs> It's Midnight and Gang Orca. That's I want that to be known. That's the title, Midnight and Gang Orca. You still get to a female-led movie before the MCU does. (laughs) I'll I'll be honest. She's really a minor character in what is Gang Orca part for. (laughs) I've noticed that a lot of the manga coming out, especially the ones that you covered, are going in a more intellectual-slash-strategic-slash-less-flashy-powers-or-abilities direction and pouring more of an emphasis on intelligence in their storytelling. Of the shows you cover, Sans Black Clover, even those series who's, where people have powers or using them more intelligently than even during the heydays of Bleach, Naruto, Toriko. Do you think that we're in an era where just general intelligence and cleverness mean more than just big dramatic fights with the success of stuff like Promised Neverland, Dr. Stone, Food Wars, or will we see a return of more meat-headed type of shonen in the future? We will definitely see more like superpower stuff uh, in the future. I think that... Well- I think that they're still trying to find uh, to find them the ones they'll stick, and yeah. I think that also we just haven't been getting some of the ones brought over here that are catching on over in Japan. Yeah, and one thing too is to remember the sort of series you're comparing. You're comparing Bleach, Naruto, and Toriko to the Promised Neverland, Doctor Stone, and Food Wars, and none of those are battle shonen. So Black Clover, yeah, you you list Black Clover and then kind of just dismiss it, but it's like that's the one of the most popular recent ones, and also My Hero Academia. Like, it's just. Yeah, there's oh, there are still three big series going on that have superpowers. Those two in one piece. So yeah, so I mean, I, I do actually understand what you're coming from. It does feel like there's more series that place an emphasis on intelligent heroes, but those haven't been necessarily battle shown in the same way. You know, whatever you consider the promised Neverland, you know, Doctor Stone is sort of this almost slice of life science <laughs> like recollection jerk off series. I don't even know what you call Doctor Stone, and then Food Wars is a cooking battle manga. And I don't even know if you could say cook. it's like intelligent cooking because I know nothing about cooking to dispute what it does. It did use chicken to make chicken stock. So, you know, there's that. That was pretty smart. But uh, I honestly can't even say if it's smart cooking or not, like in a way that's a genius. Or if you're just like, no, they're just really crazy looking good dishes, which in its own way, isn't that just the equivalent of having big flashy powers? If like it's just food that looks really good, but is it really all that intellectually stimulating? Weekly Shonen Jump has always been a variety manga. Um, there's always been, you know, the romantic comedy, the sports stuff and the gag manga. So I think that it, I think that you're seeing patterns where that have already actually always actually existed. And just some of the more 
uh, you know, intellectual. Not, I don't even mean intellectual, but I mean like, uh, yeah, tactics and cleverness based series. Maybe just didn't catch on as much in the past. Yeah, I, I, I again, I still know what you're coming on about because there also was like World Trigger in a sense, and that was a battle shonen series that mm. focused on tactics. But again, like it's not a hundred percent. That's the only way it's going. Uh, and finally, at least for this round, since you guys probably even now are still going back and forth covering Jojo Bizarre Adventure and Pokemon manga, what is a match between characters of those two series that you think would make for an epic fight? Um, well, uh, I don't really want anyone from the Pokemon manga to go up against Jojo is, <laughs> characters. Is that what they're saying? I thought it was like two characters from Jojo or two characters from Pokemon that have an epic fight. I, that's not the impression that I got. Because, <laughs> yeah, the, the other way, I'm like, Jesus, the JoJo characters are going to murder this Pokemon. Ten girls to die? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if it's the way I was thinking of it, I think Jotaro versus Josuke would be a really interesting fight. Because presumably they wouldn't be trying to kill each other the entire time, but it'd be cool to see how a fight between the two of them would work with time stopping and the creative use of, of Crazy Diamond. But if you're asking about Pokemon, I don't fucking know Charizard versus fucking uh, the hand. I don't I don't know. They're, 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 <laughs> he's really mean either way. <laughs> All right. Uh, do you want to end it on uh, just a couple next couple? Uh, yeah, we'll do, I guess, two more emails. Yeah. All right. So this is from your worst daydream says, dear Nick, why ruler of how do you manage to get top billing introductions, which is a conscious decision or a coin flip? Did uh, did you and Chris practice see which sounded better? And if you could go back and change your handle, would you and what would you change it to? Assuming you could convince your past self that it was a better name than at the time. Well, let me before you move on to your introduction, there's actually <laughs> questions in this in this name. Um, I get top billing in the introduction because Chris lets me handle the introductions. Um, and I think that everyone who writes emails to us just kind of copies that. I just say, like, I'm Nick and this is Chris. And that's just because Chris wanted me to basically handle that uh, pretty early on. I think that you actually were introducing the show and then you were just like, you do it. You're like, OK, I think you asked at one point. You were like, let me try something. Something. And I was like, yeah, this works a lot better. Uh, if you're also asking for because when I do like intro things on um, like. Uh, like descriptions on YouTube and things like that. I usually go Nick and Chris as well. That's just like, I always have a fear that I'm always being like a, like uh, I don't want to be like the band, the movie about the band where one guy gets too popular for it, it, it and like ruins the band's dynamics. I always oh, just so you're felt, putting that pressure on me. Okay. No, I was always just like I, I'll be humble. I'll, I'm fine with being second billy. So I always just put it that way as like a way of of being nice. So too humble, dude. I'm uh, no, I'm not. I'm an awful person. Anyway, let's move, <laughs> let's move past that de that depressing direction. Uh, and if you could go back to change your handle, well, I did. Yep. So. Now he's Nick, Lady Dolores, Freeman. Yep. Mm-hmm. Good name. Oh, also, and Chris Rolo, since being shut down, I forever lost your review of Sharktopus, but what would you think of reviewing the sequel Sharktopus vs. Werewolf with Nick as the strangest divergence from manga-related requests that you will ever likely read this in March and April and will have time to play for a release in summer when everyone most enjoys Sharks films, especially those of the caliber of Sharktopus T. My question for you both is what are your favorite kind of muffin? Uh, I definitely enjoy McMuffins. Does that count? <laughs> English muffins? Is that it's another really good one? Uh, uh, oh, cu cupcakes are a kind of muffin. I like those. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, I'm, I am ashamed since, uh, well, I think he meant blip. 
because I don't think Bing has any video service. <laughs> Bing's still around. <laughs> I know we all think Bing shut down, but it's surprisingly and technically still around. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I wish I could find a place to actually put up some of the old video reviews I did because uh, there were some out there I really dug. Um, and I would like to do more of those. So maybe if I could find a place, I could post those up there. Um, I don't have a favorite type of muffin that I can think of. Blueberry. I like blueberry a lot. Go with that. Uh, I think that my favorite is a uh, banana nut, uh, but I also like uh, apple, mm-hmm. uh, blueberry, and uh, actually pumpkin. Okay. Pumpkin muffin. Fair enough. Thank you. You're worst straight daydream. Yes. <clears throat> and uh, all right. Uh, then we'll finish up on this last one. Uh, Lately, I've been watching The Good Place, a show based around really great twisted revelations, and and it made me wonder what was the worst twist revelation reveal that you've ever seen, one so bad or upsetting that it ruined a series or character for you. Uh, There's a couple that come to mind. (laughs) The big one for me is is the magic eyes born of of hatred thing that just ruined the uchiha in my mind it made them such a joke and and i think even at the time i was like this is a series ruiningly bad twist where i was like i dislike naruto so much more as a result of this explanation because it's just so they stupid. love so much chris yeah and then when they lose they hate they turn into super villains it's genetic <laughs> um there's a couple that, that i can think of um the reveal of Toby's plan uh, in Naruto. I did a video about how much I hated it with his plan to use the moon, which is actually the body of the ten-tailed beast. <laughs> oh, <laughs> to, right. I forgot to, about to, all this. To transform into a giant Sharingan so that it will hypnotize everyone. <laughs> Fuck, I forgot about that entire plot line. Shit. It's so dumb. <laughs> um... Uh, the real Erasionses, um, the third member of the of that one council in uh, Air Gear, being oh, a message board. <laughs> oh god, there's that so many. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think we've hit the good ones there. This is some good this classics. Good list, yeah. All right. <laughs> On that wonderful downer of, a, of an ending, uh, that is going to do it for this edition of Q&A for Weekly Manga Recap. We will be answering more questions for you guys next month, and of course, we will be happy to take any answers that you guys have to the question asked at the top of the show. Uh, if you want more from us, you can check us out, of course, on uh, weeklymangarecap.poppy.com, on iTunes, on YouTube, uh, for our regular episodes. Uh, and uh, to those of you who are helping us out on Patreon, we thank you very much. Your support allows us to read all sorts of cool stuff for you guys, and we've been busy putting that stuff together uh, for all the bonus stuff for this for this month. Thank you very much. And we're just about into 2018 with our, our questions, so we're, yeah. we're getting through them, guys. So make Send sure you have them. We, we, always have, we always talk about, oh, we're so behind. It's better to be behind than the run out of questions. So yep. Keep on sending them in. Absolutely. All right. Do we have anything else we want to end it on, Nick? I think that that's just about everything. All right. Well, I'll give you one last time. I'm going to give you a strong recommendation to go check out Yu-Gi-Oh! Brain so you can go check out Go and we can mark out together about him. Okay, cool. All right. That's going to do it. No mean thing to end today off on. We're ending on a good note. Yay. Friendship. Hot diggity. <laughs>